episode number 52 of the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast. Hi, I hope you're doing well. I'm so excited to share that we've just hit 10,000 downloads of the podcast. I am so grateful for your support in listening to the show and if you've been sharing it with others too, thank you so much. The more we can get the word out, the more women can be encouraged to start stepping into a healthier, happier version of themselves. It's amazing how much better you can feel with some simple changes to your diet and lifestyle and it's the little habits built up over time that make such a difference. You know, we recently celebrated International Women's Day and I just want to let you know that you are amazing. Whatever it is that you do, you are special and unique and have wonderful gifts to bring to the world. And as we celebrate women, it's kind of fitting that today's episode is all about the history of menopause. I don't mean in terms of the biology of it, but in the way that it's been approached and talked about and treated over the years. I hope you'll agree that we've come a long way and yet we've still got a long way to go to. If you haven't already, don't forget to grab your free copy of my Menopause Weight Loss Guide. You can find the link to sign up on my website, katherineshelton.com, or head directly to bit.ly slash free menopause guide. In this free guide, I share my top three tips for effective and sustainable weight loss. By downloading this guide, you'll understand why it's harder to lose weight during menopause, You'll know how to work with your body to start shifting unwanted weight. And you'll make a plan to get started right away with each of the three tips that I share. You'll start to see those extra pounds melt away without having to count calories or feel hungry. So head over to katherineshelton.com and grab your copy right now. You'll find the link in the show notes below. Before we start, just a quick disclaimer as always, the information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast, a show where we talk all things perimenopause so that you can be informed and empowered with great tips and strategies to help you live a healthier life through menopause and beyond. Whether or not you choose to take HRT, I believe there's so much more we can do to support our health and well-being through our diet and lifestyle, and that it's when we're intentional about our health that we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need in order to flourish in a life we love. If you're looking to find ways to navigate your way through perimenopause with calmness and confidence, then you're in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton, let's get started. So before we look at the history behind menopause, let's just clarify again what it actually is. I don't know about you, but even though I went to an all-girls school, we were never taught this. I had this vague idea growing up that at some point my periods would stop and that there might be some hot flushes to deal with, but I really didn't know much more than that. So let's define some terms. Strangely enough, most of us will have no idea of the exact date we entered menopause. And that's because a woman is defined as being in menopause when she hasn't had a period for 12 months. 
Now, some women might go through a surgical menopause, where menopause is brought on immediately because of surgery, which removes the ovaries. But generally, for most women, you kind of get to a day where you realise, oh, I haven't had a period for 12 months. This is it then. (laughs) Which kind of seems a bit strange, but, you know, there you go. It does seem a bit sad though that you can mark the first period and in some cultures this is a very celebrated time but you usually can't mark the last period. I guess you could have a little 12 month celebration instead. The average age of menopause is between 45 and 55 years old and in the UK it's around 51. You're said to have gone through early menopause if you hit menopause between the ages of 40 and 45. If it happens below the age of 40, then you're said to have gone through premature ovarian insufficiency, or POI. And this is actually more common than we think. One in every 100 women will go into menopause before the age of 40, and one in 1,000 before the age of 30 and one in 20,000 go into menopause before they even reach their 20s. Which is another reason why it's so crazy that we're not taught about this all a lot earlier. Now, what about the term perimenopause? What is that? Well, this is a recently new but very helpful term. It describes the years leading up to menopause when your hormones start to change and you start to experience symptoms. We'll talk about symptoms in another episode, but briefly, you might start to notice things like weight gain around the middle area, night sweats and hot flushes, aches and pains, fatigue, anxiety, vaginal dryness, headaches and mood swings. On average, perimenopause lasts about four years before your final period, but for some women, it might just be a few months, and for others, it can be up to 10 years of struggling with symptoms. Once you've reached menopause, you're said to be in the postmenopausal stage. Now, usually symptoms will ease, but unfortunately for some women, they can continue to experience symptoms due to fluctuations in their hormones for another 10 years after they've reached the menopause. Okay, so now that we've defined the terms, let's have a quick look at some of the history. Even though menopause is a completely natural transition, it hasn't always been treated that way. As you can imagine, there wasn't much interest in medical research into the menopause in ancient times. It seems that women were no longer considered useful to society once they'd gone past childbearing years. On the plus side, however, these older women were often given more freedoms because the view was that now they were more like men. The ancient Greeks and Egyptians used the term hysteria, which comes from the word hystera, meaning uterus, because they thought that the symptoms of menopause were caused by a wandering womb. They would prescribe various herbal substances to encourage the uterus to return to its correct place. By the time we hit the 13th century, there was definitely a very unfavourable view of postmenopausal women. The German philosopher Albertus Magnus believed that, and I'm quoting from Mariella Frostrop's book Cracking the Menopause, older women were poisonous and dangerous with the ability to kill children just by looking at them. It's clear where the link between older women and witches came from. 
Indeed, these older women, especially those who were healers with a good knowledge of herbs, and particularly if they were also widowed and had no one to protect them, were easy targets for those looking for someone to blame for unexplained illnesses, crop failures, or just bad luck. Hysteria, as it continued to be called, began to be seen as something sinful, and even as satanic possession, some kind of madness that needed to be treated with exorcisms rather than with medicines. Thankfully, we've moved on from that, but things weren't much better in the 19th century. Instead of menopause being seen as witchcraft, it was now viewed as an illness that needed treatment. The term menopause was in fact first coined by a French doctor in 1821. Meno in Greek means period and pausis means stop. But doctors still continued to refer to any symptoms linked to menstruation or menopause as hysteria and exorcisms as a potential cure were replaced by a stint in the local lunatic asylum. It was around this time that the idea of perimenopause was discussed, although it was called by the term climacteric. Doctors began prescribing pills and potions, despite still knowing so little about a woman's physiology. And there were some rather nasty, quote-unquote, cures as well, such as bloodletting with leeches, ice and cold water injections, all into the poor woman's nether regions. Let's fast forward to the 1930s and the development of an early form of HRT, or hormone replacement therapy. The role of oestrogen was just beginning to be understood, although at the time it took four tonnes of sow's ovaries to produce just 12 milligrams of oestradiol, the hormone found in early forms of HRT. Thankfully, especially for the pigs, the science has come a long way since then. Gradually, in the 1960s, things started changing and very slowly a more positive view of the menopause began to form. The International Menopause Society was established in the 1970s, but menopause was still being discussed among women behind closed doors and in hushed tones, and often referred to as the change. Many women were embarrassed to admit that they were on HRT, and this sadly is still the situation in many Western countries today. Menopause is generally viewed negatively and with embarrassment, but it is heartening to see that the tide is turning. In 1984, World Menopause Day was established by the World Health Organization to fall on October the 18th each year. In 2018, UK journalist Mariella Frostrop presented one of the first documentaries about menopause and shortly after, the taboo was broken as more and more celebrities started sharing about their experiences. In 2021, UK celebrity Davina McCall presented another documentary on the subject and I highly recommend both of their books. Mariella Frostrop's book is called Cracking the Menopause and Davina McCall's book is called Menopausing. So there you go. I hope that was an interesting tour of the history of menopause for you. Don't forget to grab your free menopause weight loss guide over on my website, katherineshelton.com. And you'll find all the links mentioned in this show in the show notes below. That's it for now. Have a wonderful week and I will catch you next time. Hey, quickly before you go. 
If this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to your podcast provider and leave me an honest review. That way, more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode or of your review and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Coaching and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. Until next time.